I don't know about you, but sometimes as a cradle Catholic, I envy converts who had seemed to have this marvelous experience where God got their attention and said, hey, you're on the pa wrong path. Come over this way. And it is something that they carry with them for the rest of their lives and stands as a focal point in their journey with God. And again, as a cradle Catholic, I don't have one of those. Uh, but the, it's true. Um, I do, though, remember very clearly as a young adult, uh, or even as a teenager, that I was always drawn to the Eucharist. Now, I grew up in a very modern parish, and we didn't have Eucharistic adoration. So I didn't know coming and spending time with the Lord uh, was a thing. Um, but yet, I found myself drawn not only to the celebration of the Mass, uh, but also as a teenager and a young adult to coming and just sitting quietly in the church, um, spending time. I would say, at that time, if you would ask me, I would say that I was spending time alone, but of course, we all know that I wasn't alone. I was spending time with Christ. Uh, and it has always been the Eucharist that for me has rooted me to my faith. One of the things I remember as a child was that I always wanted to be an altar server. And I remember the first time when we asked the, the coordinator when I hit whatever, whatever grade it was supposed to be, um, but I remember being told no uh, because I was just too short and couldn't even see the top of the altar. Uh, so that they figured that wouldn't be a good thing. Um, and next year, happily, uh, they said yes, and I began a long career of, of serving at the altar because, again, not because all my friends were doing it, uh, not because my mother was pushing me into it, but that I was drawn to the celebration of the Eucharist, uh, of encountering Christ uh, in the celebration of the Mass, even though I couldn't articulate it. Uh, I couldn't put words other than I just knew that I wanted to be there. I knew I wanted uh, to be near Christ in that way. And in that time in my teen years, uh, the parish church that I grew up in uh, was very unlike St. Dominic's. As I said, it was a modern church, so there weren't actually a lot of windows. So when you went in during the day, uh, the church was very dark except for the windows right around the top and the beautiful skylight over the sanctuary. So even in this dark church, uh, the tabernacle and the altar were always illuminated. 
and always the focus, the draw, uh, was to that central space uh, of being drawn into uh, the light. And of course, today, when we celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi, the body and the blood of, the Christ, of Christ, we are ce celebrating a central tenant of our faith, namely the presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. It's also a time for us to reflect on what the Eucharist is and what it reminds us of, not only who is with us in the Eucharist. When we hear in Exodus of the sealing of the Old Covenant uh, with the blood of sacrificed lambs and the institution of the Passover uh, to recall the deliverance of Israel from slavery uh, to Pharaoh in Egypt, we see that sin that, that sin is a bloody business, that sin is something extraordinarily serious. Uh, it ruptures not only humanity's relationship with God, but it has affected creation itself. This is why St. Paul speaks of all creation groaning as it waits for the revelation of the children of God. And so in eating that Passover meal, the people of Israel not only remember their slavery in Egypt, but how God delivered them in a miraculous and unexpected way. Uh, and again, a very visceral way of the blood of the sacrificed animals marking the doorposts of the Jewish people and the Lord's destroying angel passing over them, saving them uh, for himself and eventually leading them from slavery into freedom. But of course, as Christians, we see this is more than just the recall of a historical event but rather of God leading humanity from slavery to sin and death into the freedom of the children of God. And not because humanity or any one of us was worthy of such a great favor, uh, because, but because it is what God chose to do. Indeed, all throughout the scriptures, it is God acting on behalf of humanity, God reaching out to us when we most need it. So we recall in the Passover, in the celebration of the Passover, the deliverance of Israel, but also the deliverance of humanity from sin. But of course, that's done as the letter to the Hebrews says, by the blood of Christ. And it's at the Last Supper 
when Christ identifies himself as the new and eternal Passover lamb, the offering of which not only signifies freedom from slavery to sin, but miraculously accomplishes freedom from sin. And it's in his offering of himself as the spotless, unblemished lamb on the altar of the cross that accomplishes our freedom for all eternity. When we reflect on this, what is even more amazing is Jesus did this of his own accord. He was not forced into it. Uh, he was not guilted into it. You know, God the Father didn't lean into Jesus, into the Son, and say, Son, you need to do something about this. No, it was because God wanted us to be reconciled with himself. God wanted to cross that infinite chasm between humanity and divinity with the simple beam of the wood of the cross to again heal and restore humanity to a greater dignity than it had before the fall. And so when we recall Jesus' institution of the Eucharist and his tying into the Passover of old and using that as an image for what he is about to do. And he leaves it for us as a perpetual memorial that he stays with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity for all time and for all eternity. He does it not only to be present to us, uh, but to be our food, for him to be in more intimately united with us uh, by, again, that old adage of us, we are what we eat. So when we take the Eucharist into ourselves, we are being transformed uh, into the likeness of Christ crucified and risen. Because, of course, as Christians, our life is to be modeled on Christ's. And the clearest image of the love of Christ is the cross. And so we seek to live in his strength, to live a Christ-like, cruciform life. And on this feast day, when we celebrate this miracle of his presence with us and his wanting to become part of us more and more deeply, more intimately, each time we approach the altar, we approach with praise and thanksgiving for such a marvelous gift, such an undeserved gift. As we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And of course, we hear the echo 
of that word, I do will it, be healed. 